0: You talking about football? Yeah, but NFC North. let's talk football. Welcome back, everybody. This is Headed North, an NFC North podcast, and I'm your host, Tron. We are now post-NFL draft for 2023, and we have a much better picture of what each team was focused on as they progressed through their offseason. So how you select in the draft can really impact your organization for years to come. And there were some statements made in this year's draft by some of the organizations. Some of them, I don't quite understand. I'm looking at you, Detroit. And some of them felt like they reinforced exactly what the team needs. That's Minnesota and Chicago. So we're going to walk through some of what took place with the teams for the draft We're going to walk through some current scenarios with the teams and things that they are focused on like contract extensions and some trade activity that's happened. But before we get into our conversation for the day, just like to shout out our sponsors, have been our sponsors now for quite a few weeks, really appreciate all the support that they give. Our sponsor today is OffRackShop.com. OffRackShop.com has a large selection of men and women's clothing, accessories, and more. So if you're on YouTube, head down to our show notes. If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, head down to our show description and get that 15% off code from offrackshop.com. Again, thank you for the folks over at off Rack Shop for supporting our episode. All right, so we're going to get it kicked off with the Green Bay Packers. So the Green Bay Packers ended up with a lot of draft picks in this year's draft. Uh, And a lot of that had to do with their trade of Aaron Rodgers and and collecting some draft picks from uh, the New York Jets. So Green Bay, with their selections, took um, five out of their 13 picks were defensive players. Which means the other, I don't know how math works, but the other eight players all were offensive players in some way, shape, or form. Which means that they were trying to surround Uh, Jordan Love, their new quarterback, with some potential weapons to help them. They took, again, eight players on the offensive side. I think one of those was a kicker, so scratch that out. Make that seven players on the offensive side. Three wide receivers and two tight ends. Now, sure, one of those wide receivers was like a late seventh round pick, uh, but the top receiver that they took, which was uh, Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, he was the sixth receiver off the board. So he went behind Mingo, Flowers, Johnston, Addison, and Jackson Smith. So he was fairly sought after by the Green Bay Packers, certainly adding some additional weapons for Jordan Love. Uh, they also took, before they got to Reed, they took Luke Musgrave uh, at 42. Now, uh, I don't know if he would have been my selection for the tight end, but you got to consider that Kincaid, Laporta, and Myers were all off the board at that time. So, uh, Luke Musgrave was was likely, or, or in most people's opinion, going to be the best tight end available uh, for the Green Bay Packers at that moment. And their first uh, draft pick that they took... With the number 13 pick was Lucas Van Ness. A lot of people had reported he was going to be their selection. And it seems like they were on board with that. Uh, Definitely needed that defensive line presence. So getting three defensive linemen. And that was uh, Lucas Van Ness. A defensive tackle out of Bowling Green. He was a sixth round pick. They also went and got uh, Colby Wooden. Who's an edge rusher out of Auburn. He was a, a fourth round pick for them. Green Bay Packers definitely... Uh, focused on impacting their defensive line, creating some pressure situations. Again, I think we've mentioned in the show a couple of times, their defensive secondary has been pretty good, uh, and they're still young. They did go and add a couple of players, but nothing significant to that defensive secondary, uh, but definitely went and got some weapons. I'm actually happy to see it, even though clearly not a Green Bay Packers fan because cheer for the Lions. But with all of that being said, it gets me back to the man of the hour, which is Jordan Love. Now, Jordan Love just signed uh, an extension, but it's kind of weird how it all worked, so let me tell you about it. So, Jordan Love was coming up on his fifth year, right? They could have exercised the fifth-year option for Jordan Love, which would have guaranteed him something like, I don't know, $20 million. But instead, uh, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers decided on um, going with a contract extension for one year, so the same one year that would have been his fifth-year option, uh, and the contract extension is worth up to $22.5 million. But $13.5 of that is guaranteed. So he's going to get less guaranteed money, all right? because, again, if they did the fifth-year extension, he's getting $20 million guaranteed no matter what happens. Uh, with this contract extension, he's going to get $13.5 million with the potential to make 22 and a half. I don't I don't know what all the stipulations are behind that potential 22 and a half, but Green Bay is trying to insulate themselves in case Jordan Love is just not it. So, there's still a lot to prove for Jordan Love. This is sort of a an unconventional way to deal with that fifth year, but it could work out very well for Jordan Love if he comes out and shows that he can be the leader of this organization and he takes a very um a very present role in that offense and not just fades into the background and hopes for the best. Jordan Love could be setting himself up for a much larger contract extension in the future that can net him some real money. But this is definitely gonna be a proving year for Jordan Love. And he can't say that he doesn't have some weapons around him because going to get uh, Reed in the draft Having Christian Watson, who showed sparks last year, uh, and then also having um, Romeo Dobbs going to give you some weapons to throw the ball to. I'm rooting for Jordan Love. I'm not rooting for him to win a division or anything because clearly Lions fan. But I'm rooting for him to come out and show people that sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, he was able to absorb the information that he needed and and come out and be the starting quarterback that the Green Bay Packers want him to be. All right. So uh, now that we've gotten a a bit into uh, the Jordan Love-ness and also some of the draft picks that they picked up out of Green Bay, let's move into Chicago and talk about what the Chicago Bears were able to do. The Chicago Bears had 10 picks in the draft this year. They went three on the offensive side of the ball and seven on the defensive side of the ball. So you could see that the Chicago Bears had a focus. It was improving their defense. You know they went and got weapons this offseason for their offense. But their defense needed help. The thing they did go and do in free agency was get some linebackers. So that was not the focus of their draft activity. But here's where they focused their attention. So on their offense, their very first pick was an offensive tackle. Sorely needed. I think I told you about the whole only having the same offensive line 17% of the time on the field last year, that's bad. They need some stability and continuity. So they went and got uh, Darnell Wright out of um, Tennessee. Although I find it interesting that Jalen Carter went off of the board at nine and then Dar- uh, Darnell Wright went off at 10. I feel like if Jalen Carter had not gone to the Eagles, You'd be looking at Jalen Carter as the first selection for the Chicago Bears. But either way, uh, they picked up Darnell Wright. Uh, and then they went and got a running back in the fourth round and a wide receiver in the fourth round. That running back was the backup to Bijan Robinson in Texas. And then also they went and got Tyler Scott, a wide receiver out of Cincinnati. But that's not the focus. Their focus was defense. The thing about them drafting seven defensive players in this year's draft is... They didn't get a defensive end. They picked up three defensive tackles, two cornerbacks, which they need, a safety, which they also need, and a linebacker, which they don't need. They just went and got two and paid them a bunch of money. Why not go and get a defensive edge? Someone who can rush the opposing quarterback. Let me bring you back to a quick stat from last season for the Chicago Bears. Uh, The Chicago Bears defense allowed the second most rushing yards in 2022 and had the second lowest sack percentage in 2022. Now, you go and get three defensive tackles, maybe you think you can flex one of those to an edge and that helps with the uh, the rushing yards allowed, right? I really don't think that's going to fix your second lowest sack percentage uh in the league, right? Like you you need someone on that edge. You need a presence on that edge. To help with creating pressure on opposing quarterbacks, defensive tackles are good for stuff in the run, and you picked up three of them. How about trading off either Javon Dexter, who they took uh, second round number 53, or I don't know, the pick that they took in the third round at 64, or I don't know, the seventh round pick, and just pick up a defensive edge? I don't get it. But you know what? They are an organization that is focused on a thing and that thing was defense and they definitely picked up defensive players. Just leaves me wondering why they didn't go and secure someone on the end unless they believe that they have a veteran presence there already on that defensive line that can create a uh, a wave on the edge. Sort of like uh, Kaminsky did for the Lions. He was able to step in. He's a journeyman, but able to put up really good numbers when he was in the game. So maybe that's the play that Chicago is going with. But I'll tell you, with the 10 or so draft picks that they had available to them, uh, I don't see how they didn't walk away with at least one defensive edge. We are beyond uh, the Chicago Bears. They did sort of what people expected them to do, sure up their offensive line and focus on shoring up some defensive positions as well. We're going to get into my Detroit Lions. And let me say this. I am very confused. By us in this draft. I am going to be very clear that I think Brad Holmes and uh, Dan Campbell have done an amazing job these last two years. And I want them to continue to do that amazing job. And although it's going to sound like I'm criticizing because I sort of am, I believe in the vision of the team. Call me a true fan. But I don't understand how you take Gibbs at 12. All right. So we trade down, we get some additional draft capital for upcoming years or drafts or whatever, right? So you're in 12. There's a lot of people uh, that are going to come after 12 that you could select. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pull up the list of folks that came after the lions selected. So after the lions, there was Lucas Van Ness. Uh, let's just look at offensive players because that's who they took. So, Broderick Jones, a tackle, didn't really need that. Uh, wide receiver, Jackson Smith. You've got Quentin Johnston. You've got Zay Flowers. You've got Jordan Addison. Dalton Kincaid. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sam Laporta, which we end up taking in the second round. This, All I'm saying is, there were some weapons out there for offense that the Lions could have taken. And instead, they took... Gibbs out of Alabama which at the time before we knew that the Lions had traded away Swift I was hella confused like what are you doing Swift and Gibbs seem to be the same player except Swift is coming up on the last year of his contract and Gibbs is going to sign a rookie contract and then we just brought over David Montgomery so no he ain't going anywhere so was the plan to do like a three-headed running back monster that doesn't seem like something that's sustainable. Of course, the vision got a bit clearer when DeAndre Swift got traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for, I don't know, a ham sandwich. I don't get what we're doing with letting go of these quality players for little to no money or picks or. Compensation, whatever the compensation is, it doesn't feel like it's equal to the potential that these individuals got. Now, I did listen to uh, an interview that Brad Holmes did where it sounded like um, he was comparing the situation between Swift and um, Jamal Williams. And he said he felt like he had a good idea that Jamal was going to come back. Like he wanted Jamal to come back and they essentially got burned there. And so he knew with Swift coming into this last year, maybe he didn't feel as confident in that move and felt like, hey, well, well maybe we can do what's best for him and us, get him out of here and get something in return. But that something just didn't feel commensurate to, to, to the player that DeAndre Swift could be. All right, so after that, I was also confused at how at 18, we took Jack Campbell. Now, I've said this on a previous show. I thought the Lions would take Jack Campbell, but I didn't think they were going to take him at 18. The problem I have with the, the drafting position scenario that the Lions did as a fan is it felt like Gibbs and Campbell would have both been there in the second round for the Lions. I mean, the Lions had the, take a look at this, the third pick in the third round. Uh, and, I mean, the third pick in the second round, excuse me, and then they followed up with the 45th pick, so that was like 11 picks after that, so they had the third pick, and then they had like the fourth, pick, 14th pick in the second round, I feel like Campbell, maybe Campbell not so much, if you want to take Campbell at, at, at 18, okay, I'm good with that, but Gibbs would have been around, the third pick in the second round. Nobody was taking him. He wasn't going off the board in the first round. So it seemed like some premature use of a really high pick. Again, you've got individuals like uh, Joey Porter Jr. didn't go to the, the the first day of the second round if you wanted to add some depth at cornerback, which maybe not, but Brian Brisset, Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy, defensive uh, linemen that you could have put opposing Aiden Hutchinson and really created a monster on that defensive line. And then we took Gibbs like I'm sure he's going to be good and I'm going to root for him, but it just doesn't seem like that was great utilization of that number 12 pick and certainly not getting a lot of great value for, for man, not getting great value for Deandre Swift. It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like the lions won. In these, the draft scenario. Now, the second round getting Laporta uh, and also going to get uh, Brian Branch, those are quality picks. Definitely support those. And I recognize that if we spend that 12th pick on someone like Addison, right, we maybe don't get Brian Branch because he's probably, probably going to be on, off the board before we get to that third round. So there's the potential that we lose out on on his uh, acquisition with trying to switch around what we do in that first round. But it just seems like the Lions were potentially not in tune with the draft positioning there. And maybe they were throwing all that out the window and just saying, we're going to do what we're going to do because it feels like the right thing to do. And that's TBD. We'll we'll figure out if that worked for us. But the Lions um, certainly fumbled the ball in the, the first round of the draft at least for most casual observers like myself the other interesting selection which I talked about another episode and I said there's no way that this person is available here to be picked up in the third round I was clearly wrong was Hendon Hooker third round 68th pick we took Hinden Hooker which I saw something interesting. Someone said Hendon Hooker somehow is only three years younger than Jared Goff. But he's still younger and got some mobility and does create a potential backup plan if Jared Goff spent his best year being productive last year. And he comes back and is not able to put up the same kind of consistency that he had. But what I will tell you is currently they are in talks for contract extension. So I'm looking at, I don't know, four years, 40 a year is what I'm thinking uh, golf will bring. I don't know if he's going to be uh, 42, 45, certainly not a 47 kind of uh, quarterback a year. I think the Lions are gonna pay him that. So Brad Holmes is out here making moves like a mad scientist. I just think of MF Doom in the Lions uh, draft room and he's just like, no, take Gibbs and then drop the beat. It just, it didn't seem right, but maybe there's some strings being pulled. Certainly with the, the knowledge of Swift not being there anymore, it makes perfect sense why you go and get a running back. But just why that one? Like, why not try to get by John Robinson? Why not stay up where you were and try to get by John Robinson? Um, but you know what? This is why I'm not a general manager. This is why I, I sit behind this microphone and talk about my team instead of working for the team because that wouldn't have been the move that I would have done. All right, so my Lions, that's enough about them. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings. And might I say, I'm actually happy with the Minnesota Vikings. Somehow, overnight, Minnesota, their secondary just got youthful. They just got young. And full of talent. So Minnesota lost like five of their veteran folks out of the secondary, which, again, is a tale long as this podcast has been available. But now Minnesota secondary is looking like uh, Byron Murphy, who is clearly like the number one of that group. Then they got the rookies from last year, Booth and Evans. And then they went out and selected uh, Blackman, which was a cornerback out of... Um, out of USC in the third round, and then Jay Ward, a quarterback out of LSU in the fourth round. So now they've got a lot of youth that also comes with a lot of inexperience. The defense wasn't great last year, and depending on if the defensive coach can pull together all of this youth and talent in the secondary to get them to work cohesively, then it could be another disaster waiting. A lot of quarterbacks are probably going to be licking their chops at seeing this many uh, young players on the back end of that defense. But just know that youth comes with a bit of speed, talent, a willingness to take risks and chances. So this could pay off for Minnesota Vikings. But I'll tell you, anything to make that secondary younger get some youth back there, I think it's going to be a plus for the Minnesota Vikings uh, defensive core. Uh, but I think the star of the show for Minnesota was a uh, Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC being taken with their uh, 23rd pick. Jordan Addison is a baller, dude. And, and getting him will get you exactly what I've been telling Minnesota. you need to do is get somebody across from Justin Jefferson. I've been, I've been talking about this uh, basically for the last four weeks. So getting someone across from Justin Jefferson is really not only creating a distraction, but also giving Kurt another legitimate weapon to throw the ball to. So between those two and Hawkinson, you actually have some playmakers on that offense that can sustain some of the production that they had last year. TBD again for that defense to see how they can gel those pieces together but taking that wide receiver um, was uh, a, a huge a huge move for the Minnesota Vikings they did not get a chance to shore up any of their offensive line concerns and as you can imagine they only had what six picks in the draft this year so with only six picks they focused on they got uh, a wide receiver they went and got a uh, the two cornerbacks, a defensive tackle in the fifth round. Uh, they went and got Jaron Hall. Uh, he's the quarterback out of BYU. Don't know a lot about him, but there seems to be a little bit of buzz about what he can do in the preseason. If he'll make the team and if he'll bump Mullins out of that backup spot for number two. If he can, he could be groomed for Kirk Cousins backup if he shows any kind of promise. But there's still a long ways to go before uh, we see that come into play. Uh, And then they took a running back in the seventh round, like pick 222. Um, But with very limited picks, I think the Minnesota Vikings had a good focus. Let's improve our defensive secondary. Let's get young, talented folks. And then let's also give another weapon to Kurt. If I could have selected for them, I don't think I could have selected any better. So that's your Minnesota Vikings breakdown. That is the NFC North. Uh, As far as around the league, there's one thing that I want to say. I don't like how good the Philadelphia Eagles have gotten this year. If you thought they were scary before, man, now they're like the Philadelphia Bulldogs. They're taking everybody from Georgia on their team. It's 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 ridiculous the wealth of talent that the Philadelphia Eagles have been able to acquire. Um... They went and got Jalen Carter. They got Nolan Smith. They drafted two Georgia Bulldogs last year, I think. They are going to be so good on the defensive side of the ball. They have to be the clear uh, leader in the NFC. Um, No doubt about it. I don't think there's a single team, not the 49ers with their quarterback woes uh, or the New Orleans Saints, or even the New Look Panthers, nobody out of the North, even my Lions are going to have a very difficult, um, trek against the Philadelphia Eagles. They are, they are looking prime to make another Super Bowl run. Uh, and I, I want to see it happen. I, I want, I want to see the Philadelphia Eagles get to the Super Bowl. Uh, that is if my Lions can't get there, which, you know, that is the preferred team to be in the NFC Championship. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, of course you know what I mean because you're Lions fans too, right? It's it's going to be a wild year. That I wanna, I want to elaborate on it, but there's so many more weeks that we got and so much more stuff to talk about. So I'll just say this year is going to be a wild one and I'm ready for it. And I hope you guys are ready. And I'm glad you're here. If you made it to this point, then you are appreciated. Much like Tupac said. I am getting ready to get out of here. But if you come back next week, and I hope you do, make sure you got your bags packed because this is headed north. I'm D-Tron. Peace. You talking about football? Yeah. Football. NFC. North. let's talk football.